Hi listeners, welcome back to Motivate, the Motivation and Inspiration Podcast. I'm your host, Dahi D, and today's guest is Lily Singh talking about how she went from depression to being successful. I chose this episode because Lily really points out a lot of key things. One of the biggest keys to success is being obsessed about something. Lily points out how she wakes up in the middle of the night to jot down ideas that came to her in dreams. And she always is working and she's always excited about taking on the next challenge. That's really the key to success. Just focusing on things that you can control and doing them so well that other people notice. That's it for me today. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. Thanks for listening. Right now, we're in a time where a lot of creators think YouTube is a very sustainable platform and I want to be a YouTuber, so let me be rich and famous on YouTube. When I started in 2010, that was not a thing. You know, I was the last person to catch on to YouTube. All my friends were watching this thing and I was like, what are you guys wasting your time with on this video platform thing? It's going to disappear. Um, and I spontaneously one day posted a video, not because I thought it could be my job, not because I thought I could make money from it, but literally because I was sad. So the story is that I was getting my psychology degree. And I wasn't passionate about it. You know, I was doing everything my sister had done before me, and I was following her footsteps blindly. And after I graduated, my dad was like, great, now get your master's degree. And I was like, okay, this is, I don't think I can do this anymore. I don't, I'm not passionate about any of these things. And so in that little funk, I discovered YouTube. So it's kind of like the stars aligning perfectly. And I posted a first video really spontaneously. It was a spoken word piece about religion, it was very, very, very bad, and it got 70 views. And I think I just fell in love with having a goal during that downtime and learning something new, something I wasn't trained at. I reflect back in my life, and I think about all the times I really became a better person or a smarter person. It's because of something that was very hurtful or painful or an unpleasant experience. And we're all gonna get heartbroken over and over again. We're all gonna deal with failures all over again, but it's how we think about those moments in that moment. Allow myself to be upset when I'm heartbroken, allow myself to feel failure, but not be down in the dumps about it for too long. Not be like, oh, well, I'm worthless, or oh, well, this is just how it's meant to be and the world's against me. Getting hurt efficiently means we're hurt. How can we efficiently learn a lesson in this moment what could I have done differently? What could I have expected differently? How could I have reacted differently? So that the next time you will be heartbroken, which you will be, it's inevitable, you're better equipped to deal with it. I think I learned how to be happy because I know what unhappiness felt like. And I, I was able to dissect all the reasons I was unhappy, you know? Paying attention to all the signs my mind and body were giving me saying, we're not doing the right thing. Um, and I think having so much experience in that dark phase really helps you become better because how can you become better if you don't know what the worst version of yourself is? I do so many things in a day and people are like, how? How do you do this? Like, what is the trick? It's because I really love what I do and I'm really passionate about what I do. And I think one of the signs my body and mind were giving me before is that I would get lazy really quickly. I would get tired really, really quickly. I would cut corners and come up with little justifications as to why that was okay. I'm really thorough and I think that's a sign of doing the right thing. Of course, if I'm real, we don't always have that luxury. You know, we don't have the luxury of doing what we want to do all the time. So it's important to kind of pay your dues in that way. The first video I made sucked. It's totally sucked. My body wasn't like, this is the right thing to do. You know, I had to pay my dues and get better at it. But I think you shouldn't just not try because you have to pay your dues. So when I first started YouTube, 
I thought, okay, I'm, I'm opening the gates up to this new platform and this new type of creation I've never done before. But I've also started going to shows more often. I started to meet different types of people. I think a big part of finding out what's right for you is stop confining yourself to a path that you've been convinced is the path. This, what I'm doing right now, is nowhere on the path. There's so much out there that you don't even know exists. And I'm a testament to that. I make videos on the internet. Ask my mom if she thought that could have been a job when she was growing up. You know, so I think it's all about just really getting out there and seeing what's available. There's some mornings when I wake up and I'm like, I don't even care how tired I am. I'm so excited about this day. So I think being excited to wake up. Also, you'll just see it in your energy, I think, as well. The little pep in your step I have when I'm walking to set is really telling. Also, the people you surround yourself with. I think when you start to get surrounded by people, um, and my team is a great example of this, that really bring out the best in you and you feel yourself growing. This, this entire career path has been everything but comfortable. No part of it's comfortable. So even on the days when I come home and I think, that was horrible, that audition was horrible. I can literally feel part of me evolving as like, okay, but you did it and now you know for the next one what to do. You'll know what to expect for the next one. And those scary things are all signs that you're doing the right thing because you're growing. I have this thing where I like to visualize things. I know because it's easy to talk about all of these things and then talk about Tumblr quotes. and like, oh, cool, success. But when you're actually down to it, it's hard. It's hard walking into an audition, for example, and then doing really badly and going home and thinking, well, oh, well, I stepped out of my comfort zone, so I should be happy. That's not a practical thing that's going to happen. You're going to go home, you're going to be sad, you're going to eat the ice cream. This is me, this is the goal. There is nothing in between there. I need to create what is in between there. Whether I do really well or really bad, that's going to be a step. And I think visualizing every failure as a little stone towards where you need to go is really helpful. The reason I'm so big on ownership is because I'm obsessed with efficiency. And I just feel like it's so much more efficient to take ownership for things than to not. Because if you don't take ownership for something, who's going to fix it? Then it's just hanging there in the air, this unsolved problem that no one's addressing. When you take ownership for a mistake or a decision or something you did, not even a mistake, maybe a bad audition you did, you are then able to at least work on it and improve for the next time. If you don't take ownership, like, oh, it was the casting director, oh, it was because I was sick, it was because of whatever, you've literally said, okay, I need to change nothing now. It's not in my control. Taking ownership means you've taken control to actually make a different impact the next time you do that thing. I am on a roller coaster just like everybody else. Um, it's okay to feel crappy sometimes. I think it's important to feel crappy sometimes. Your self-worth has to come from not only yourself, but your environment. I'm, I'm really big on your physical, spiritual, um, and even the people around you are really important. So when I went through a lot of failures, when I'm with my team and my friends that are kind of not only supportive, but can really relate to what you're going through, and it's really helpful. So how do you, how do you dig out of that? Obviously, you gotta love yourself. That might be hard. Surround yourself with good people in a good environment. You have to be obsessed, and I know the word obsessed has a negative connotation, and rightfully it should a little bit. I think anyone who's really great at something is because they're obsessed. They wake up and they're thinking about it, and throughout their day they're thinking about it, and when they sleep they're thinking about it. In the middle of the night they might wake up thinking about it. That is me with this. Video ideas, I wake up in the middle of the night and I have to wake up and jot them down. Some of my video ideas are little dreams I've had, so like working in my sleep. Um, there is a level of obsession and when I say that, usually people say, well that's not really that healthy. 
And you're right, some of it is a little unhealthy. Sometimes it does take over my life. Uh, sometimes I do have to draw the line and I say, nope, I need to go meditate in my room, I can't do this. But I don't know of a single successful person that didn't for at least a little period of time have that obsession. But I'm very scientific with things. I'm very, like when I write down my thoughts, I will literally dissect them, figure out what problems they are, come up with solutions, and then write down the solution. So I'm very mechanical. I, I do believe that humans, we are complex, we have feelings, we have emotions, but I do think when we strip all that away, there are very easy solutions to a lot of our problems that we make complicated. You want to achieve something at such a level, like it costs a price, because I do fear right now, with all the cute Tumblr quotes and all the, you know, the idea that you're special and you're worth it. Everyone's special and you are worth it, but you need to work for it. Like it's not gonna, a Tumblr quote of you believing in yourself is not gonna get you success. So I also do fear that the opposite of that is letting kids know like, yeah, get your sleep and get this and just believe in yourself and you're special and you'll get it done. Like, is, is, that, is that really gonna get them success though? It's that in combination with a lot of hard work. My obsession has given me great purpose. I know what it feels like to wake up and just aimlessly be like, I guess I'm going to go through the motions of my day and maybe I'll talk to this person, I'll eat these Fruit Loops, cool, I'll do whatever I need to do. Waking up with my obsession is it's honestly exciting. I get to wake up and I get to make rules and break rules. When you have an obsession, no matter what industry you're in, you get into that mindset where you're like, what else could I do to innovate this? What could I do differently? What can I do that's never done, been done before? So every day you really feel like you're adding value to the world and adding value to the people around you. That's the beautiful part of obsession. My obsession has led me to 13 million subscribers that watch me and also gain inspiration from what I do. And you know, I'm hoping the people that surround me every day are also inspired by some of the stuff we do. So it's, it's the chain reaction you cause. You know, that purpose, and you give other people purpose, and now they're gonna give someone else purpose. You lose a little sleep, but look at the result. It's a small cost to pay, I feel. And I love sleep. There's gonna be days, like on tour is a prime example. There's days where I get two, and I wake up and I'm like, let's go, let's do the thing. It's a small cost to pay for sometimes for a big result. Encouraging the hustle. It's like I'm doing all this funny stuff. It's not a 10 minute video doesn't take 10 minutes. You know, it takes a village and it takes a lot, a lot of time. I'm not shy to let people know how much work this takes. I think that's what makes what I do so special. Because back in the day, traditional, for lack of a better word, celebrities, they were perfect. They were always on and always flawless. I would like to show people a person who works really tired, works really long hours, gets really tired, gets pimples, and like it, that's what it takes to do what I'm doing. You know, it's not just that I show up and everything's glamorous and then I reap all the benefits. That's not what it is. That's not what it is for anybody, but it's not. It's a lot of work. So if you're watching this and you're like, let me dissect this interview, like what are the tips and tricks? There's no tips and tricks, there's just a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of focused work and that's, that's the biggest message I can drive home is that of course, there's practices and things you can do, but you need to stop making excuses. You need to put your head down, and you need to make a plan, and then you need to execute the plan. Be that anything we do, any action we make, I believe we have many layers as to why we made that decision. At the top is like, oh, I made this decision. What I, what I tell everybody else of why I made that decision. The second layer is what I tell myself. You need to be in tune with yourself if you want to be successful. I mean, the world, it gets really uncomfortable. Success gets really uncomfortable sometimes. It's a lot of stress, it's a lot of pressure. If you're not truly in tune with your biggest teammate, which is yourself, there's no way you can succeed. You need to know yourself really well. So I encourage everyone to actually write down things. Like, I made this decision, why did I do that? 
write down all the reasons you did it and be real with yourself. Say it out loud in an empty room where no one can hear you, so there's no pressure. Why did you say that? Why did you do that? Were you scared? Were you nervous? And then why? It can go back to your childhood sometimes. It can go back to some horrible experiences you had. But it's better to address it. Figuring out the internet and also figuring out just working hard. I honestly, a lot of the things in my book are not things I learned in school. You know, there are of course there's classes, there's biology, there's English, all that. There should be a class that's just about work ethic, how to work well, what it means, and also how to work differently. Not everyone learns in the way school is structured. That's something that really drove me crazy at the end of my university career was, I can't learn through sitting in this lecture for three hours with this professor that's just talking to me. Like, I, I'm not really applying this information in any such way. I've learned so much being practical in the world and learning things hands-on, and some people are like that, and I think school needs to let them know that's okay. Because a lot of kids leave school thinking, I didn't learn how everyone else learned, so I must be dumb. No, you just might need to learn a different way. And there should be an actual class. Find your way of learning. That's what it should be called. If I loved myself, I would have got out of bed. You know, if I loved myself, or I, that's not fair. I guess there's, there's a lot of reasons, but for my personal journey, I guess, not to generalize, if I loved myself, I would have had goals at that time. I would have taken better care of myself. I would have spent time with my friends. Um, my change came with not only within, but how I was treating myself outside, like I mentioned. So I stopped putting myself in a dark room. I started opening the curtains. I started to answer my friends' phone calls. I started to talk to people. The first time I ever talked to my parents about anything I was feeling really, really strongly emotionally was when I got out of that depression. Prior to that, for all the years of my life, I'd never had a conversation with my parents that was like, this is what I'm really feeling inside. And so I started to accept that I needed help and I needed to talk to people. Um, I even started dressing differently. I was like, these shoes are fun. I'm gonna wear these shoes. They just make me happy. Um, and it was making all those small decisions every single day. A lot of positive self-talk as well. I think, you know, even now when I accomplish something, I don't care how many people come up to me and say, congratulations, you did really well, this is a cool thing. When I lie down at bed, I literally hug myself and I'm like, you did really good. That was a really good thing you did today. Even today, with all the people that are validating me, it still means something for me to tell myself, you did a really good job. If I'm having a bad day, this is something I've practiced for years, I will talk to myself as well. You know, if I had a really bad meeting, I'll get into my car and I go, that sucked, it's okay. You know what, we're gonna do better next time. And, and it's just about being your friend. You know, just like how you would talk to another friend, you gotta talk to yourself the same way. And, and it's a journey, there's no easy solution, there's no like, now I love myself. It's a process, it's a journey, it's gonna be hard as all things are. When someone writes something on the internet, we need to really put ourselves in their shoes. This is what I literally do, I get a lot of hate comments. Literally, I just imagine the person sitting there writing this comment and I think, okay, I didn't write a comment like this to someone today. I didn't wake up and think that I need to write something mean to someone. Why, why didn't I do that? Let me think, it's because, well, one, I'm busy. I'm, I'm happy, I don't, that doesn't make me happy. Doing that won't make me happy. And I just don't see the need to do that. So why did this person feel the need to do that? You know, when you have a really, really bad day, you can't control the other driver that cut you off. You can't control whoever was mean to you. You can't control the fact that you missed the elevator. You can't control any of those things. You can only control yourself. So it's about being more proactive. How do you do that? Well, okay, if a driver's gonna cut you off, play some really good music so you're in a good mood. Leave five minutes earlier. You know what I mean? If you missed the elevator and you were late, wake up earlier. There's solutions to all those things if you just take control and figure out what's in your control and stop blaming the environment. I think I really want to encourage people to believe that whatever they want to be, even if it doesn't exist, is possible. If you're creative, if you mix creativity with hustling hard, 
any job position, anything you want to become is possible. Show people what your value is and then they'll pay you for your value. I felt that when I decided to take that year to hustle really hard, that backup plan was always in my mind as something to fall back on. So anytime I would work really hard, I would think, oh, well, if I don't figure this out, you know, I have that backup plan. And if this video stuff doesn't work out, then I won't fail because I have that backup plan. But because I was doing that, I think I wasn't putting the 2,000% effort I needed into things because there was always that safety net there. When I officially decided, like, no, I am not going to do that I'm going to do what I set out to do which was do entertainment and in this year I'm going to become successful I started doing things with so much more effort and relentlessness where you could see the difference in the result and I know that's really scary and a lot of parents disagree with me when I say this but I think it's important I think you know kids need to be given credit I think if they have a plan A and really really give it their all and see years and years from now it doesn't go anywhere they will figure it out I think kids these days are really smart and they have a lot of options and they have a lot of resources and, and the fact that I'm sitting here with the career that I have is a testament to that.